welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Team Builder. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for baseball teams. Team Builder is used by 11 organizations in Major League Baseball. Baseball coaches from travel to college teams can write training programs or choose from pre-designed training programs built by professional baseball strength coaches, all for as low as $50 per month. Personally, we used Team Builder when I was coaching at Western Illinois University. It's very user-friendly and streamlines all of your programming. It also makes training sessions on or off campus easier to access for your athletes. Right now, when you start a 14-day free trial, use promo code ABCA to receive four free baseball-specific strength and conditioning training programs directly into your account. In just one click, you can set your team up with a professionally designed strength training program delivered to every player's mobile app every single day. You can reach out to Hewitt Tomlin over at Team Builder on Twitter at T-E-A-M B-U-I-L-D-R, or on their website at www.teambuilder.com or via phone at 240-528-7848 and let Hewitt know that the ABCA sent you. And now on to the ABCA podcast. Today on the ABCA podcast, we have the Iowa High School Baseball State Championship coaches joining us for a roundtable on their championship seasons and how all of them dealt with COVID protocols to get through their seasons. This is a great episode for anyone because it deals with questions and also the answers to how to coach during the time of COVID. We'll be hearing from 1A coach Joel Shares from Don Bosco, 2A co-head coaches Eben Baumover and Mike Kennedy from Van Meter, 3A coach Chad Weedman from Norwalk, and 4A coach Michael Barda from Johnston. I wanted to give a heartfelt thank you to our listeners. Uh, We've recorded over 50 podcasts with the ABCA Reboot. We've gotten over half a million downloads with it, so thanks to everybody. Uh, If you're enjoying it, please tell a friend, because word of mouth is the best form of advertisement for podcasts. Let's welcome everybody to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Ryan Brownlee with the ABCA uh, here with Joel Shares from Don Bosco, uh, Evan Baumover, and, and Mike Kennedy. From Van Meter, Chad Weedman from Norwalk, and Michael Barter from Johnston. So here with the, the Iowa State champions. And uh, first off, congratulations, everybody. And then let's just go around the horn here from 1A up to 4A and let you guys introduce yourselves to everybody. My name is Joel Shares, uh, head baseball coach at Don Bosco High School. Um, we were the 1A state champs here in 2020 um, in my first full season as head coach at Don Bosco, um, been, been on staff uh, eight previous years. Okay, my, my name's Evan Baumover. Uh, this is my second year uh, at Van Meter. This is our first year um, as head coaches, uh, co-head coaches. Um, you know, we're the back-to-backs, 2A champions, um, and this is my second season as the head coach. And I'm Chad Weedman, head coach in Norwalk, Class 3A. Um, been in the head position for 15 years now and been with the program for over 25 years. I'm Michael Barta, Johnston High School, uh, large class in Iowa. Uh, been around here since 2010 as the assistant for a couple years and the head coach the rest of the time. 
and uh, really appreciate being on today. We'll keep the same order. Um, can you guys just talk about the protocols that you had to go through with, with COVID? And congratulations again for getting through your whole season with that. And then just some of the challenges uh, and maybe some of the positives as well that you guys uh, went through all summer to get through your season. Um, so our protocols at our school, we're, since we were the smallest school, we I had 22, 22 players out total for baseball. Um, so we didn't have to split practices. We just broke up into groups. Um, use different parts of the field, including the cages. Actually really enjoyed it. I think we learned some things from breaking down into smaller groups. Um, probably got more work done. Individuals probably got more work done. We were probably explaining things a little bit better because we were in smaller groups. Um, I don't think it took a whole lot more practice time. Um, it's probably better for me uh, as far as uh, being more detail-oriented when it came to practice. Um, some of the things we did, we bought helmets for each player, and then they carried them with themselves. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have enough catcher's gear. Uh, each one of our catchers had his own gear, uh, carried that around himself. Um, I would say the social distancing part was probably the hardest part for us. Um, as coaches, I'm fortunate enough to have five assistant coaches. Three of them volunteer their time. Um, they were there quite a bit. Um, a lot of reminders, I guess, of, of you know, staying apart. Um, we set up our field in sort of quadrants where each class had it, had their area where they could set their bag um, and get and, and get dressed. Um, a lot of reminders to stay out of the dugout, uh, little things like that. Um, each player had their own hand sanitizer. Uh, we had the disinfectant spray. You know, after catch play and some some drills we did, we, we you know we let them go get a drink and remind them maybe to use the hand sanitizer. We tried to spread out on road games between the bus. Um, one of our assistant coaches drove, and then I drove a school van. Um, you know, handed the guys a mask as they got on the bus. I think overall, uh, we did what we could. We, we tried pretty hard to keep reminding the guys and, uh, you know, just kind of moved forward from there. The first week was a little little hectic, and and uh, we learned some things from the first few days of practice. And, uh, you know, once we got into the season, um, I think the guys got better at it. Evan and Mike, same thing for you guys there. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then um, elaborate on this a little bit. Yeah, so Mike Kennedy, I've been um, coaching baseball Van Meter for six years. And obviously, this is the first year that Evan and I uh, did the job together after my uh, my departure last year. But um, not to, to beat a dead horse, we did essentially all the same things as, as we just discussed. Our one difference was uh, we chose uh, – to have all of our, our kids drive themselves or their, their families drive themselves to games uh, to limit that that contact as much as possible, not to deal with that piece. And we were lucky enough that our parents were able to accommodate us there. Um, you know, beyond that, I, the one thing I think I'd really like to speak to is we, we were lucky as well to have two volunteer coaches. Um, and then we decided not to have a 
a true freshman baseball season. They still practiced but did not have games to try to limit the exposure of the freshmen to the varsity teams. We knew what we were going to be playing for this year. Um, but lucky enough, the, the freshman coach and the JV coach both chose to stay on. So we had six coaches at times at practice. So speaking again to the efficiency of practice, and we were able to coach everything all the time. You know, up until this year, we had usually two, two coaches at a varsity practice, which, I mean, baseball is – is a struggle to begin with at many levels from a funding and a coaching standpoint. So we were just really lucky to have six coaches to navigate this this year um, from a COVID side of things, but also just from a, a being able to, to really break things down for kids and improve individually every single day. So I think that that would be my takeaway is uh, all the, the procedures that we put in place this year, a lot of the, those things are actually going to be a, a best practice here moving forward as well. Chad, what about for you guys? Yeah, we went through a lot of those same things. Um, transportation was one of the big hurdles that we had to get over um, and and just kind of get used to the new normal as far as wearing face masks and uh, can only have 24 kids on a bus. Uh, so that was one thing that was, was a little bit different for our guys, but it was just a matter of getting into the practice of it. Um, Required equipment with them at all times, hand sanitizer as well as as our mask, uh, and that just became part of part of your equipment when you showed up to the field. No different than than a ball glove and, and a hat. Um, in the past, we've had seventh and eighth grade baseball here at Norwalk as well, and middle school was canceled this year. So we had a couple of our middle school coaches come up and work with our ninth graders. Our ninth grade class, we had 35 kids, which is the largest we've had. Uh, with that class so it was good to have them around um you know similar to what van meter was was talking about and then uh one thing that you don't think too too much of and until uh it comes down is just having water at the field and we had a family that stepped up and they donated 120 cases of water uh to the baseball team it was a um Family that have three alumni on the program went through the program, and so uh, just a way to give back to us, and we're very appreciative of that. So, Michael, what about for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to repeat a lot of that same stuff. All that stuff was really, really good. Um, I would say the only thing we, you know, first of all, we had a lot of kids. I mean, we had 110 kids out for baseball, Johnston, and so that includes a lot of coaches, 12 total coaches. Um, you know, a lot of those guys are volunteer, but 12 total. And then you have all your personnel, too. So you have your managers, you have your, uh, you know, people that are just associated with your program. So when you're looking at it, it's almost like you have 125 or so people that, you know, are possibly in contact um, with your varsity kids. And so you just got to – you really got to be good at this. I mean, I think those coaches kind of elaborated on that. One thing we talked about with our JV and varsity level, um, especially at the end of the year of varsity level, is – you know, you look at all these restrictions and it's good, you know, the sanitizing the ball, the bringing your own baseball, kids are having their own helmet. But all those seem to, to deal with kind of like transferring this virus by touching something that somebody else has touched. We really looked at it as like that's probably a smaller chance of getting it that way. Um, so we talked about creating like the NBA bubble. Um, we, I think we talked about it once a day and that's no crap. Uh, maybe maybe for 15 minutes a day. I mean, I'm sure by the end of the year, the kids are absolutely sick of us. But, you know, a different coach would talk about examples every day. It was great examples when other programs would go down because that would be the greatest example of your, your passion being taken away from you. 
And so we talked about how the kids in our room and the coaches in our room are the only people that we are talking to besides our families. Um, and we were even very, you know, we sent some emails out to the parents saying, hey, we don't want our parents doing too much outside of the house because we want to keep a bubble, you know, with our baseball family. It just, and we said, hey, it's four weeks, you know, for the most part, four weeks. I mean, once you got into game play, you know, four weeks, you're in the postseason. And if you were lucky enough to play at State, you got a little bit longer. But I think we can create that bubble for, for that amount of time. And and uh, they did. I mean, I felt like my kids told me all the time, you know, the only kids they hung out with were kids on the team. Um, a couple of them broke off the relationship with the girlfriend because <laughs> they were a little too social for them. So uh, it was great. My kids committed to it. And I think that was probably the most important piece of how we stayed safe. And Chad, you talked about it off air. Can you talk a little bit where, with the shortened schedule and the Iowa season's forty games, so the the can you talk a little bit about how shortened the season was, and then how your league handled that? Um, and this is probably the first year that nobody complained about Iowa having a, a summer baseball season for sure. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about what your league, how your league handled that? Yeah, we were we were okay with having summer baseball this year. It gave us a chance to play. Um, so what we did and most of the schools that we played, we, we picked up the schedule right where we left off. So originally we would have started playing, um, games the last week of, of May. Uh, so we just lost those three weeks of games and then picked up, um, the reason why we did that is we felt that, uh, we already had the number of games scheduled that, that we wanted to, um, and had enough arms to, to make it through those so through the regular season, we played 19 games. I think we lost two, uh, one because of some COVID scares that that we just chose. Both of us chose that it would be best for us to just stay home instead of either one of us traveling. Um, and then another one we lost to rain. And normally we will schedule uh, 35, 36 games. Um, so we're we're close to or almost two thirds, I guess. Uh, to where we're at for as far as playing games, but um, just felt like the scheduling of things, we had umpires lined up, we had sites lined up and that sort of thing. So the, it was in our best interest just to pick up uh, where we left off on that schedule. Was, and as I mentioned before, I think CIML may have switched their schedule up a little bit uh, to accommodate some things as well. Michael, is that, that different for the 4A yeah, just a little bit. Um, they, they, we kind of all set our schedules on fire and started over. Um, we just took all the schools, put them together, and said let's let's try to play everybody at least twice. And you have a couple teams you'll play four times. Uh, we ended up with 27 games on the year out of our usual 40. So I would, you know, that's pretty pretty great. I mean, getting that many games in that amount of time. So I'll tell you, in our league, there there are some games at the end of the week that uh, the pitching was a little sketchy, but. Uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad. I'm glad that we took the time we had and and got as many games as possible. And Joel, what about for you guys with your scheduling? So for us, um, we're a lot different than than uh, 4A and 3A. We play all singles, so we play JV varsity. Um, our conference did the same thing. We um, switched our schedule. We have a North Division and a South Division. We basically yanked all the south division teams and north just played the north side twice um south played the south side twice but since we play all singles we're playing about every day of the week um 
So we really didn't have any practice. Um, I guess it's great for the kids. Um, but we had, I think I counted up five off days. Um, and, uh, you know, once you get in the season, those off days, we truly gave them the day off or maybe had optional uh, open hitting. Um, but, uh, yeah, all in all, we had eight, eight conference games, eight, nine conference games. Um, so I was, I was happy with our schedule. Um, I think, I think we were doing the best we could with the time we had. Evan and Mike, what about for you guys from Evan Mater? Um, we, we started off with about four or five games the first week and, and uh, really picked up just basically where the schedule started on that 15. Uh, unfortunately for us, the following week we had uh, a few open dates. And so we had about four or five, dang near four days where we didn't, we just had practices uh, before our following Thursday where we had, we have um, conference double headers. Um, you know, but the final two weeks leading up to the postseason. I think we may have had a day off um, in that in those 14 days or so, um, where we ended up getting into some lag time with, with the 2A and the 1A classes. You, it's so spread out that we probably had more practice times in that uh, final two weeks of the season leading up to the state week um, than we had, you know, leading up to the season. Um, so we we kind of got in a gap where we had a school. Uh, that just did not play and that gave us that open week and you're we trying to find, you know, you're scrambling a little bit at the beginning of the season to, to kind of fill a date if you have, if you can, you want to try to get in as many games as you can, you got to get your pitching set and ready and get those guys innings early and kind of, you know, milk them through the first couple of weeks leading up to that postseason run. And, and you know, when you don't have those games to do it, it's hard to, you know, to simulate, you know, in-game reps, um, with a shortened season, so it was kind of a stretch there a little bit uh, where we had that gap, but otherwise we just kind of picked up where we left off uh, as the schedule laid out and just tried to play as many games as we could. When I got to Iowa in 03, it was still a split state tournament, so for anybody who doesn't know, um, it used to be where the 1A and the 3A would play in Marshalltown where Mike Clement, who's the assistant at Ole Miss, is from, and then the 2As and 4As would play in Carroll, um, can you guys just go around the horn and for anybody listening in, they had over 29,000 fans, uh, this year. It was the most that they had had, um, since 2014. So you guys were still allowing fans to show up. Can you guys talk about what it means to actually have the state tournament in Des Moines at the iCub stadium at principal park, um, to have 32 teams there between the four classes, uh, let's go down from 4A down to 1A and just talk about what it means to, to you guys to be able to play the state championship in Des Moines. Well, well it means a lot. I mean, I, I love seeing all the baseball in one centralized location. Now, I'm a Carroll guy, and I did work on the Carroll field. Uh, and so I am partial to that park like nobody's business. But uh, I know it, it's cool to have all the classes in Des Moines. I, I, over the years, I've loved watching, you know, all the different coaches coach and, and learn from them. Um, and, and the iCubs just do a phenomenal job. I mean, getting to, you know, see the locker rooms, you know, kind of get underneath the stadium, play on a big league field that is just groomed perfectly. Uh, I think we're really blessed. And, you know, with this, with this attendance thing, um, I thought, you know, the, the, the state of Iowa and uh, the iCubs really came together and put together a great plan of 
how to kind of keep people safe and let them watch the games. If anybody saw pictures from the crowd, they had people scattered all over the stadium and spaced out. Uh, my parents, who were both maybe at risk, felt felt pretty safe in the stadium. Well, they had um, zip tied, right? The the seats were zip tied yeah. together, right? So people couldn't sit in them. It was a great. Yep, I thought it was a great a, idea. Yeah, and they had to order online, and it, and you had to order a specific seat, and only certain seats were available. And so I, I thought all in all, it was it was wonderful, well put together, a lot of planning, but thankful. For anybody that wants to to know how to take care of a field, reach out to Chris Slosher, who runs the iCubs. It's an amazing event to watch them go to work and get that many games into that short amount of time because of the turnaround time that they do. They do such an unbelievable job of getting the fields turned around. So, Chad, go ahead and talk about what it means to you guys. No, for us, it's, uh, um, you know, it, it's in our backyard. So it's a 15-minute bus ride from, from Norwalk down to Principal Park. So, um from a from a competition point of view or perspective, uh, we get to sleep in our own beds. We get to get to take BP at our own field and all of that, and it's 15 minutes and and we're down there. Um, but it's a beautiful place. Uh, you know, it's it makes the state tournament that much more for our kids because they get they everybody's attended a Cubs game there, and you know as they've been growing up, and then to get to walk through the locker rooms, like Michael said, and to, to get a walk out onto the field. Uh, it makes it just a memorable experience. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I like over how they did things at Carroll, because uh, we were at Carroll a couple of times, Carroll seemed like you got done with the game and you're right there with, with all the fans and you really don't get, have a chance to kind of be, have that intimacy with your players after a game. Um, and I think Principal Park allows that as well uh, as far as social distancing i think they did a tremendous job um you know you look around and you it showed that that it looked like they made an effort where i think if you watch the softball tournament at that same that same week i don't know if there was a whole lot of effort put into that so great job out of the athletic association and the icubs for that michael carroll stadium was one of the first ones i had gone to when I started recruiting at Iowa because they I don't know if they still have the Catholic school tournament early in the year there but that was my first experience in that stadium I loved that stadium I love the old baseball stadiums so that uh, that old Catholic school tournament was great that was one of the first oh, ones yeah. I went to I was a Catholic the old CYO yeah, yeah it's a, oh yeah man, and that field Scott Parcher I gotta give a shout out to Scott Parcher <laughs> he's been working on that field for I don't 30 40 years I mean he one blade of grass out of place, he'll fix it. So, good stuff. Evan and Mike, go ahead. You know, what it means to you guys? Uh, it's two years in a row, and congratulations again. Back-to-back -back years. It's awesome. Yeah, so I think, you know, we're in the business of giving kids experiences and memories that they're not going to get, you know, potentially ever again. So, when you get the opportunity to go down to Principal Park, first of all, that's a great opportunity and a great memory. You know, they, they give those opportunities for whatever it is, five or ten games, regular season games a year, which they did again this year as well. Uh, but when you get to get down there and play in the postseason, and especially you saw what, you know, what this meant to communities as well, as you saw the, the numbers come in for attendance, that people were ready for something like this and ready to rally around something after what we dealt with so far this spring. Um, so, yeah, really special for the kids. And, and anytime you can do that, it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. So I, I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the iCubs understand that this is special uh, to the kids and they do everything they possibly can to make sure that, uh, these kids and these families have experiences that they're going to cherish for for quite some time uh, ahead. Um, and again, not to beat a dead horse on uh, on Carroll, but I played in a lot of postseason games there. And if there's a field that's as nice surface-wise to play on, other than uh, 
Principal Park, it's certainly going to be uh, Merchants Park and Carroll. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with, with Mike from Van Meter. Uh, you know, the experience for the players is second to none. Um, you know, it's a it's a really big field. Um, we're not used to playing on big fields, so <clears throat> I think our kids really enjoy it. Obviously, with the other echoing what the other coaches said, the field conditions are unreal. Uh, the way the ball rolls, um, it's a fast surface. Um, I think the way, you know, I'm really proud of our community for the way they showed up in force. Um, you know, they had to drive to Des Moines three times. Um, you know, it's a two hour trip for us and, uh, j just a lot of fun. Just, just to watch the kids when they, when we walk on the field, I don't care if it was the quarterfinal game or the state championship game <clears throat> every time. it looks like they're just, they're just, uh, really glad to be there and uh, really enjoying the experience. Joel, I'm going to stay with you on this because that, that was something the 16 years, you know, less than that when I'd go to Des Moines and watch the small schools. Okay, you get into the tournament and you're going to, you know you're going to Des Moines. you have any fields close that you can get on that are larger size to practice to get your guys ready to go play in Des Moines? Um, we have not as far as practice goes, but, you know, on the 1A side – we play our sub-state game on a Tuesday and we turn around and play either Friday or Saturday first round of state. Um, what we try and do is go down to Des Moines early and uh, get on somebody's field, whether it be, um, you know, we've been on Southeast Folks before, um, Dowling's before, Valley's before. Um, we actually, one of our assistant coaches knows Coach Barta. We were worried about rain uh, one morning. Um, I think it might have been before the semifinal game and he texted Coach Barta late at night, probably after his game, um, bothering him and, and see if we could get on their field. And, you know, uh, that's what's neat about the coaches in Iowa. He 100%, no problem, he can get on it. Um, so generally trying to go down early and get on somebody's field because most of the Des Moines fields are larger, uh, once again, than what we, we get on. Uh, I think that's been a big help. Uh, it's a lot of fun to take BP at one of those bigger fields. I think it gives you a better feel for what you're going against. You know, the only thing I can say for 1A baseball down at Principal Park, it's possibly, um, you know, that the mistakes may magnify themselves a little bit more than than uh, the smaller schools are used to. But other than that, uh, you, you, you know, you just can't beat playing down there. And Joel, how did you get your guys ready? I mean, you beat Mason City Newman, people that don't know about Mason City Newman. They've won five out of the last seven state championships in 1A, and I think they four in a row, right, going in, going into four, this. Yep. yep. So did you talk to your guys at all about it? Did you not talk to them? Did you just go out and play baseball? How did you handle that, having to tangle up with Mason City Newman? Um, the latter part of what you said, we uh, I didn't talk about it. Um, we didn't. I didn't make any major speeches, um, probably because I'm not good at it. Um, but uh, the way we were playing baseball, um, you know, we were we had won 18 in a row going up in, into the Newman game. Um, our kids, we've been down there at State six out of the nine years I've been involved. Um, many of these kids have been down there before. So, you know, we, you know, the only thing I said is be an athlete. Um, you've been here before. Uh, look at it as another game and uh, continue to play good baseball like we've played.
Coach Baumover and Coach Kennedy, can you talk about being co-head coaches? Because I'm sure there are people listening in, like you can't, that'll say, well, you can't make co-head coaches work. And obviously you guys won a state championship, but can you talk about the relationship that you guys have and how you guys are handling your duties with co-head coaches? Um, yeah, you know, this thing started uh, in 2018. I got a phone call from from Mike Van Meter, needed assistant coach. And, uh, you know, fortunately for my wife, she gave me the okay to go ahead and spend my summers back on the baseball diamonds. It had been a little while since I'd been at Dowling uh, as an assistant there. And so it was good to get back out at it. And, uh, you know, I think at that moment, Mike and I's um, working relationship, because that's how it started, uh, you know, we really just, we just gelled. Um, I think, um, you know, where his thoughts stop, mine pick up and vice versa. And that's how it was out of the gate. So it was really an easy connection uh, right away. Um, you know, and then with his departure to, with the military and the service there that he spent uh, for the 18 months prior to rejoining us again in, you know, last uh, January or whatever it was, um, you know, I just kind of slid in and, and um, you know, just kind of kept doing uh, things that he has he had established and and uh, you know elaborated a little bit with some things that I did and um, the kids took to it not initially right away I mean that you know there's a little bit of uh, separation that that they have uh, you know from the the coach that they had originally had and then I kind of came in um, but we obviously made that thing work and and got it rolling last season is how we finished and then when Mike came back it was. Um, you know, we had always had it set up to be, you know, he comes back in, he takes over doing what he did. You know, I kind of resume, assume my position again. Uh, and we were fine with that. And they presented a, an opportunity for us to become co-head coaches. We talked to each other about it. And, and uh, you know, I wanted to check to make sure it was okay with him. Because uh, on my end of it, it was, you know, fine either way it landed. Um, but I think because our initial uh because our relationship started out initially so well, it was just kind of an easy, easy go uh, on my end. Anyway, I guess we have to get Mike's opinion from that, but um, you know, we just, we have similar thought process, how baseball should be played, how the kids should, should play the game, the type of attitude that they need to come with in order to, to be successful at it. And we ultimately want the same thing. We want the kids to succeed. Uh, we want them to do it the right way. And fortunately for us, you know, we've had that uh, success, you know, recently in the last two years now. But even before that, Mike had done such a good job with with the team and with the program, uh, you know, that he had he's done a nice job at establishing, you know, the foundation for the success. And so uh, for me, I thought it was pretty easy transition. And, um, you know, I, we had fun doing it. Mike, how's your perspective on that? Yeah, so I think when – when you've got selfless individuals and Eben would, would definitely fall into that category, it's incredibly easy to work with somebody like that. So he made that pretty clear when I called him, I think it was the Thursday before the 2018 season started and he was ready to start work on Monday. I think it was pretty clear of, of the reasons of why he was, he was coming on board. It wasn't necessarily about him, um, but he saw where he could have an impact. And, and while, yeah, we, we did have some, you know, success leading up to um, Eben coming on board, um, his addition is clearly, you know, the reason why we've been able to win back-to-back titles now at this point. Um, and it, as I was gone and Evan and I were talking over the course of 2019 and thinking about coming back, it was clear to me that the only right answer was uh, that we, we go and do this thing together. Um, and throughout the season, I think, you know, the reason why this works is 
not just our similar thought processes, but we're both uh, completely open to um, each other's thought processes, obtaining feedback, um, and just doing whatever is necessary for the kids to be successful. And I think if different people, maybe if they were in it for different reasons, it wouldn't work, but th there was never a day where I questioned whether or not this was the right thing to do for, uh, for the kids in the program. Mike, what about your military back background are you bringing to your team? You know, I, I probably feel that question quite a bit. And I, I don't know that, um, you know, maybe to a certain extent, my, my nine plus years in the military has changed me to a certain extent, but I, I think I was, I was molded pretty early on by my parents growing up in Schleswig, Iowa, the type of person that I was going to be um, and the type of work that it takes to, to do the right thing in life. So I think the military has just expanded on that, that skill set for me and given me more opportunities to impact people. So I think, you know, the baseball team, it, it's not militaristic in any way, shape or form. Yes, we set expectations with kids, uh, but we understand we're dealing with 15 through 18 year olds that, that need a lot of support along the way. Um, so, yes, there, there's boundaries, but. Um, at the end of the day, we're, we're there to make sure that these kids have every, every opportunity to do something special every year. Um, and, and yeah, probably a little bit of military comes out once in a while. Um, but, um, it's, um, the, the kids know who I am. Um, and it's not, it's not, uh, it's not all black and white, right? We're, we're there. We're there for the kids at the end of the day. Coach Weedman, can you talk about how proud you are of Matt Dermody getting back up? And then, I, you know, I, all the things you forget, but 2009 was your last guy's state championship, and Matt was pitching on that team. So can you talk a little bit about that and then just obviously winning it again? And then you can go back and talk about 2009 a little bit too if you want. Um, well, first of all, um, Matt Dermody is just an awesome representation of – um, what coaches want their players to go on and be. Um, you know, he's the type of guy that uh, had some setbacks in it in his life, and uh, you know, there after his junior year of college, when he got got drafted and went down and and didn't pass the physical and was sent home the next day. Um, you know, he had to work through that a little bit and uh, drafted four times, by the that. way, drafted four different times. Yep, four different times, um, but then finished out at, at Iowa and got drafted again, um, worked his way up. And what I'm most proud about him is that, just like we were talking earlier, um, found out on Saturday that, that the Cubs picked him up, and I dial the phone, and it rings twice, and he, he's right there on it. And just as excited for for us with the state title is what we are for him, uh, getting the call from the Cubs and, and getting back into it. Uh, so Matt's just, just awesome. Um, and we stay in touch quite a bit. Um, as far as 2009, that was the, that was the first time that, uh, that we had won a state tournament game since clear back in 82 when they won it. And, uh, kind of challenged that group a little bit because we had qualified three other times and, I uh, got beat out in the first round, so I told him that this needs to be a little bit more than a, a drink, a cu cup of coffee. Um, so just played really well in 2009. And then this year, um, with the uncertainty of things, uh, knew that we were going to be very senior dominant. I uh, had six seniors that, that all played on the infield, and they've all had been playing starters at least last year, if not their sophomore year as well. Had a lot of experience, had a lot of talent, but – I uh, just didn't know where we were going to be at. And these guys got on a roll. We started out four and four and and uh, finished up 20 and five. So went on a, 
on a 16 and one run, uh, had great pitching, uh, Christensen and Borst, uh, really stepped up for us, especially in the tournament run. And then, um, my big thing as far as where we were at is, uh, the last couple of years we started doing book studies and in this year's book study was, was make your bed. Uh, and one of the chapters talks about, um, making sure that you, you grab somebody to paddle the boat with you. And if you watched our tournament run, uh, everybody stepped up at some point in time. Uh, and I think that was evident by the semifinal game. We won 10 to nothing and there were 10 different guys that scored runs for us. So, uh, everybody had time to shine and had their moment in the spotlight. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, they didn't care who was getting it done, just as long as it got done. So that's kind of kind of where we were at this year. Admiral McRaven, one of the best commencement speeches of all time. Yep. After we got re- done reading the book um, and got through it, we had BP on the field, and so we cranked the speakers up a little bit and had the speech playing just to kind of reiterate what we're doing and why we're here. Coach Barda, I know you're forward thinking, you're, you're big in attack and training modalities, and I think this was Johnston's fourth state championship since 2008. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and how much that's helped your program? And also talk about health, because we talked a little bit about that offline with with Major League Baseball and, and what they're going through with injuries right now on the position player side and the pitcher side. And and you guys can jump in after, after Mike talks about this, just... Any any injuries going forward for you guys when you got started? Was everything smooth sailing? Um, just talk a little bit about that and the culture you've built over at Johnston with that. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. We were su- super worried about health, um, especially like all of us guys that are in this meeting, especially when we have maybe high-level arms where the stress is much higher, uh, the below is higher. Uh, so we, you know, we talked to the kids a lot when we went into COVID, uh, we did a couple zooms at some point and we were like, Hey, if, if you're not following our ABC day throwing plan that they, they understand, they, they've been doing that for years and, and our seniors really took control and, and held their own meetings and everything. Just like, um, Chad was saying, you know, we had done our share of book studies that we read, read legacy this year. And, and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that our guys did a great job of like accomplishing the ramp up, uh, you know, and, and they were already ramped up from January, February. So I want to say maybe they, they kept, you know, they continued they, their ramp up. Yeah. They, they, they continued it over break. I mean, I wasn't really that worried about it. I will tell you our number one went down in the first, first time out with Tommy John. Uh, he never had arm pain basically in his life, which is opposite of most of the people that I've talked to or that have had Tommy John's. We haven't had a lot of arm injuries in our program over the years. Uh, after 11 pitches, he blew it out and done. Um, but but other than him, we were perfectly healthy. Um, I, I did feel like it was risky to maybe, maybe just jump into stuff and, and expect that that ramp up occurred. Uh, but we, we did it. We just jumped in and said, hey, if we're going to do if we're going to win this thing, we can't, you know, I mean, the ramp up would actually, what do they say, like two weeks longer than what you sat out or something? I mean, we'd have to ramp up the whole season. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think I think that first of all, that was good. We were really, really healthy this year other than that kid. I mean, I felt really bad for him because he, he's going to have a wonderful college career. He's a 90s guy. But um, but anyway, you know, outside of that, you talked about tech. Um, yeah, we, we love our tech. I will tell you it was a lot harder this year because, you know, you uh, ideally do pitch design in like March, March or April. 
where you can really use Rhapsodo and your slow-mo capture cameras and do some things like that. And so this year it was actually, you know, I had Coach Brett Fuller on my staff, who I, I love. He was our pitching guy. And we kind of like had a, a couple, not arguments, but discussions over like, you've really got to find the balance in a short year of using your tech, caring about pitch design and, and how you're spinning pitches, but also like just competing your tail off and worried about like, you know, command. And, and so you really had to try to find a tough balance here because you didn't have the whole calendar year to kind of work through the process. Uh, so it, it was tough, but we, we love all our tech. We love developing kids. Um, I, I feel like that's my passion. That's our passion as a staff. Um, we also have a manager program where these managers really can coach them on their own. And so uh, all in all, I think that's probably our, our calling card as a program is our development. I mean, I don't consider myself like a great in-game coach by any stretch or, or anything like that. Uh, we just try to develop the heck out of kids once they get here, and, and uh, I think it's going okay. And Joe, we can start with you on, and work our way back up on that. Any injuries on the squad or are you pretty healthy? Uh, we went through the season healthy. We were, we were a little concerned, uh, agree with the other coaches on arm health, um, how we were going to ramp up in such a short period of time. Um, you know, you come out and start <clears> – our kids were – I believe our kids were, were throwing, doing some catch play. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they weren't doing anything off the mound during. The did you adjust pitch counts at all early because of that? We did. We went really short um, the first week, first week and a half. Uh, I'm talking 40 pitches, 45 pitches. I know not everybody did that. Um, we felt it was in our best interest to do it. Um, one because we wanted to see how many pitchers we had. Um, who was going to end up being competitive for us in the first in, at the end of the season? So we threw a lot of guys early. Uh, went one or two innings, three innings. Uh, I don't think the first week that anybody go more than three innings. Um, so we kind of we kind of ramped up as we went on. Uh, but our starting pitcher, our number one, had some shoulder issues at the end of last season. Um, so we were a little concerned with him. Uh, he was, a, you know, he went from baseball to football to basketball and then into COVID. Um, so you really didn't see him besides he was out playing some catch. But um, he managed it really, really well. Um, going back to um, the assistant coaches, you know, we have 22 players out. We had five assistant coaches. Um, it's great to have assistant coaches. It, 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 truly, truly is, um, and to have that sort of number of coaches, you know, I heard somebody say you could basically individualize with kids, um, so we had certain coaches taking kids and, and, and uh, doing some throwing and, and uh, working on some ramping up as uh, other coaches were able to work with, with other players and other groups, small groups on, on different fundamental things. That was always my argument. The nine years I was at Iowa, the there was a pitch rule, but it was 16 innings a week. And so that was yeah. always my argument with the state association was like, you're better off not even having a pitch rule limit if it's going to be 16 innings a week because college and pro guys aren't throwing 16 innings a week. And yeah, I, I know everybody's got their arguments with that, but the obviously counting pitches much healthier for for arms than than innings limits um evan and mike what about you guys any any injuries or you get through okay 
you know, I thought we we stayed pretty healthy, uh, to be honest with you. But we took it like uh, Joel had said. We we did pitch counts early, um, you know, to get guys, you know, pitches, get them in because we we're limited on so many games. You know, so many games. You do have to see who you have to throw. You can rely on the guys we had last year. We obviously had senior dominant uh, group, but we also used some younger kids last season. And, you know, it was like we had a lot of mouths to feed. Um, not only were we doing it to, in a sense of uh, managing arms, but it was to, to get those other kids some opportunities, uh, you know, losing the freshman season, having limited JV games. Um, you know, there's just not enough baseballs to go around, but that in turn helped get ourselves, you know, healthy. And, and in a two-way school, um, you know, you've got guys, he's, you know, these one A's, two A's, you know, three A's may have it. Four A's, you can have, you know, a pitching staff where you're not using guys to play the field as well. But, um, you know, we've got three, four sport athletes that just jump from one season to the next. And out here at Van Meter, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have, you know, good programs where they're playing deep into the postseason and, and everything. I mean, if you look at the senior class that we had, I'm, I'm not even sure they had a day off in between basketball you know, track season is kind of their, their off season, I guess, so to speak, you know, we'd be fortunate that way, but, um, you know, so COVID in a sense was a little bit of a break, uh, for these guys to have a little bit of downtime and, and kind of recoup and get away from some, some of the athletic push on it and allow their bodies probably to rest up and heal a little bit. Um, I know the guys that, that, you know, are going to be throwing and, you, you know, you can, you go past their park at their house or whatever, and they're probably outside playing catch. You know those guys that are there. Um, you know, but it, it did. It took us some time at the beginning of the season to get these guys, you know, up to speed. And, and so, you know, our ultimate goal was to be ready by the postseason. We wanted our, you know, four guys um, that we thought would be there in the end. Uh, we wanted them to be primed and ready to go. And, and um, you know, fortunately we were, and we stayed healthy through the majority of the season and, and um, you know, end it right at the end. Coach Weedman, what about you? My biggest concern coming in was where their arms at, um, just because I hadn't seen them for 10 to 12 weeks. Um, and and I kind of like to see them throw versus just hear that they're thrown and, and we're in communication and I was sending out, here's where we need to be if, if we get rolling on, on June 1. Um, so we're sending that out and seniors were getting back to me that, yeah, we're throwing and, and this and that, but I, I still, I think them throwing in front of our coaching staff, maybe a little bit different than them throwing, uh, with their buddies at the park. So, um, that was my biggest thing. Uh, all in all, we do cut back on pitch counts early on, um, first week, week and a half, two weeks there, they're at 70 to maybe 80 pitches at the most. Uh, this year we had a lot of arms, so uh, wanted to kind of see where we were at with things. Um, Injury-wise, we were able to to be all right. Um, really, the when it comes to the COVID thing, the one thing that came up for us is we had a kid that showed up for BP and was healthy and all that, runs home, gets something to eat, um, about time to head out for the bus, and then he's he's vomiting and all of that and talking with our athletic trainer that's a red flag with him so we had to put him on the shelf for a couple of days he has to go to the medical doctor to to get cleared and any other year outside of the covid that's uh it's probably something that you ate and come on back and no worries but 
um, that us that had us a little bit shaken and not knowing what to do for a little bit. So that's really the biggest thing that happened to us as far as health wise goes. Coach Barter, we'll start with you and then work our way back down. Uh, final thoughts, like any other tips, there's going to be athletic directors, parents, coaches listening in right now. What other tips do you have? Because we're all in the time of COVID and you're getting ready to start school and, and states are thinking about starting sports. So just give your final thoughts and, and obviously being able to finish the season and, and win a state championship is tremendous for all of you guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, first of all, I think anybody that's a school administrator or a, or a teacher or, you know, somebody getting back into their business where they have a lot of employees, like there's no doubt that the amount of stress on you is going to be inflated quite a bit. I mean, I felt, uh, man, I was nervous as heck. I mean, keeping my kids socially distanced all the time, re-sanitizing our, all our equipment multiple times a day, um, not allowing our kids to spit, you know, don't touch another kid's helmet. I mean, like, that stuff's going to go on in a different fashion uh, in your business, in your in your workplace, or in our schools. And I think there's a lot of stress there. So I think leaders need to, you know, take a deep breath, belly breathe as much as possible, and and, and really just relax and, and understand you don't have very much control. I, I think that's the biggest piece of this whole thing. I I don't think we have much control over it. The only way you really beat it is you you build this invisible bubble that we talked about, or or you're doing what the NBA does. I mean that's to me, the only way you can beat it. And so, yeah, I mean, as we move forward with it, what do you do if you're a football coach or a basketball coach? I don't think there's a good answer. I think talk to your kids about limiting their contact with other people. Um, if your friends ask you to go hang out at somebody's house with a bunch of random people, you're not going. I mean, like, don't go there. Uh, that's just our reality until we until this changes a little bit, I think. And, and so uh, that's my only advice I got. I, I, I think overall – I, I just this championship run was great because when you build that bubble, like as a coach or, or a teacher or whatever, you become a lot closer as a group. Like I feel like my kids and my coaches, we were extremely close because all the time we spent was together. Um, and so this will be a group I remember forever because I felt like they were just my my extended family for the summer. Coach Weidman. Yeah, I agree with Coach Barta. We talk about tightening our circle, um, and especially as the year got closer to, to the tournament run, type that type of thing. We're like tightening her down, and if if there's don't hang out with someone you haven't been hanging out, and if somebody's hanging out outside of your group, then do that. Um, but I think the bottom line this year has um, really taught us. Uh, to be grateful for what we have. Um, because back in you know, middle of May, I didn't think that there was a chance that, that we were ever gonna get a play. And then governor starts opening things back up and, and just uh, feel very fortunate for our seniors, had a great group of guys. And uh, one of those things where I wasn't sure how I was going to go about telling them that they weren't going to have the opportunity to play. So um, that's the big thing. It's just uh, just really reminds us of the importance of of baseball, and it kind of means a little bit more to us. It's not just a game; it's an, an avenue to teach kids and to to bond with kids, like uh, Coach Barta was was talking about. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at, and uh, just want to thank you, Ryan, for having us on, and want to congratulate uh, the other coaches. Uh, job well done, and hope you have some 
time to rest and enjoy it. Coach Kennedy, you want to take this one? Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, this was similar to what Coach Barr said. This took a lot of work, and it was really stressful to get here. But at the same time, it also took a whole lot of luck to be able to, to play until the end of the year. You didn't know the team across from you if something could happen. Obviously, there were games throughout the year where um, they, they stopped games in the middle because they found out another team you know, had COVID. So you know, there was, there was no point of comfort, and I don't think that's going to come until we're through this. So as these other sports you know, come down the line, it's not going to get any easier. And actually, as we look at indoor sports and we look at football where there's lots of direct contact, we can do everything we can to try to slow this thing down. But um, we just got to do everything in our power and focus on that and then and hopefully have the outcomes of the, the four of our programs we're able to have here at the end of the year. I don't think it's it's advisable to say kids don't deserve the opportunity um, because we're afraid of this. We have to do everything we can to give them that opportunity. And uh, and speaking to the, you know, this this year, Obviously, really special for the senior group to go back to back. Um, they, they were in large part getting this program uh, going to where it was. You know, we started off good when I started back in 2014 um, with some success. We had to rebuild a little bit, and these guys were part of getting us back to that level. And they really deserved it. Their parents deserved it, and I'm just glad that they had the opportunity to to make this a memorable season to, to finish off their senior year. Evan, you want to add anything on that? No, that's the thing. I think in the end, it's it's all about the kids, um, you know, for them to have the opportunity to get out here, which in turn gives the community, gives people of Iowa, gives people in the nation an opportunity to kind of return to a sense of normalcy, um, you know, where we were doing things, you know, the way we had prior to the COVID issue. And, um, you know, I, you know, I always think of Field of Dreams when it comes back. You know, if you build it, he will come. I'm a, you know, a Northeast Iowa guy and, and um, you know, when, when we have summer in Iowa, we have baseball and to have a summer without baseball would have been, I, these kids would didn't know it. Nobody in Iowa would have known it. Um, you know, so to be able to get that back and have those kids enjoy it, you know, and then be able to repeat, I mean, that, that just put them on cloud nine and, and uh, you know, we are just excited that we are able to do it. Joel, finish us off. Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, for us, uh, you, you, I, I guess you take it for granted that every year you're going to have a baseball season. You know, every year you're going to have wrestling, football, basketball, whatever it is, you know. And like some of the other coaches said, you know, back in May, I would have said it's probably 80-20 we weren't going to have a baseball season. And then to have one, I think most coaches realized how special it was. I think the kids realized how special it was. And, um, you know, to be able to have it, you know, thanks to the state of Iowa, I think the Boys Association, the Girls Union did a, did a superb job of, of handling it. Um, and then uh, for us, you know, it's been 42 years since we brought home a state title. So to do it during this season, um, when you're not sure you're going to have a season, yeah, I think it was pretty special. Some of my best memories ever in the state of Iowa. So uh, love the love the people, love the state. Uh, I have great friends there still, uh, great coaching friends there still. So thank you, boys, for the memories. It was good bringing some back to me, and um, good luck with the start of fall. And thank you guys again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, coach. I can't thank these coaches enough for their willingness to share and taking time out of their uh, you know schedules right after their seasons. 
Uh, I'm sure the, the last thing they want to do here after the season was jump on with me, but I do really appreciate them uh, coming on with me and their honesty, and I uh, want to congratulate them, their players, the schools, the iCubs, and the Iowa High School Athletics Association for bringing some positivity back in a challenging time for all of us. Uh, I also wanted to thank John Litchfield, Zach Hale, and Matt West in the ABCA office for all of their help on giving the, getting the podcast uploaded onto the website, uh, Apple, Spotify, and also getting the word out on social media. So thanks to those guys. It, it means a lot, and uh, they take a load off me. So thanks to those guys. Uh, feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter at, a- at CoachB underscore ABCA, Instagram at RyanBrownlee17, or you can also direct message me via the MyABCA app. Uh, This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you.